Hello, and welcome to the 13th Hour Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Blum. This is episode number 435. And today, I thought what I'd do is something I actually did a couple of weeks ago, which is I'm going to open a copy of the 13th Hour. I'm going to open it to a random spot, and we're going to do a little bit of reading and talk about where it came from. Haven't done as many of those in the uh, in the recent couple of years. It's kind of how this podcast started, and I thought I'd do it again. So let's see. I'm going to put this down, the microphone down. Okay, got a copy of the book here, and closing my eyes, and let's see. Okay, haha. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is kind of a funny chapter. Yeah, this is called uh, a cosmic screw up. Chapter 23. To to preface this, uh, I will say that this is a bit of, there's aspects of this book that are a bit of a satire, I suppose. And I think one of the influences for this book was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I had, I think my mother had first read to me. Uh, my brother and I, aspects, I don't know if she read the whole thing, but she, she started it. And I remember liking the way it was written, the sort of satirical farcical tone in which it's written i think i read all of the books in that series they get kind of weird at the after the first one uh the first one gets pretty weird in itself but i i think i like the first one the best i couldn't at this point i have not read them in a long time and i probably couldn't tell you necessarily all of the things well much of what is in it the tone of this particular chapter and aspects of this book are very much kind of in line with that i've talked to before about how I've had a really tough time coming up with a equivalent to this book. And I, I don't, when I say that, it, it's not, I don't, I don't want it to, it, it's not meant to sound in it like, a, well, this is better than all these other things. Not really. I just have, not, I have, I have yet to find something that kind of is of the same tone and style of, of, of writing, which is very hard which makes it very hard to actually recommend it to people because they're often people who do like to read often read many books and they want to know well what's this like before I invest my time in it what's it like and I can say well it's a little bit like this and it's a little bit like that and it's kind of like these other movies that actually are not books and so it probably has more it's a mishmash of a lot of different things which I probably could say which you probably could say for a lot of a lot of books. Uh, but there are times when I have sometimes wished, I, I wish I had made it a little easier on myself when it comes from a marketing perspective to make it something like, well, it's just, a, it's just another fantasy story. It makes it very easy in some ways. However, if you're not concerned with marketing, which most of the time, I would say 80 to 90% of the time, I don't care. And so in a way, uh, I'm, I, you know, I, I think it actually works fine on its own. It's, it's, uh, if you're not concerned necessarily about who the audience necessarily is, then eventually the audience will just sort of find itself. Anyway, the setup to this is that the main characters are Logan and Aurora. Uh, Logan is a, what's called an Imperial Ranger, and he has been tasked by his nation's military and actually from the king to find a solution for aging. The king doesn't want to get old and he says, I would like to be immortal, essentially. And he sends his 
elite team of soldiers. There's eight of them, one of whom is Logan, to go find a cure, according to an old legend that he has uncovered. Uh, it, it all it all goes to shit, and uh, Logan's the only one that's left. And so this is at a part of the book where the he he ends up in the land of dreams. Some things go not the way that uh, uh, anybody intended. I think the book grapples with this idea of are things real, real, the the way things happen? Is it fate? Is it your own choice? It doesn't really answer that. Uh, because, I mean, really, who knows? But at this point, Logan has died, essentially. And Logan gets turned basically into a dream, which is the, the premise of the, sort of the premise of the of the book, is that when people die, they get turned into dreams. And they get to visit other people through the uh, the chiming of the 13th hour, which is something that happens every every night, every day, whenever people go to sleep. And all the dreams live in this place called the land of dreams. And then at the stroke of the 13th hour, they could go back to Earth or wherever, uh, other parallel realities, and enter the minds of people that they once knew when they were alive, if those people are still on the Earth or wherever. Logan, at this point, because he is no longer alive, this is a temporary kind of thing, has ended up as a dream. But it wasn't supposed to go that way, and it doesn't stay that way. It was big. It was a sort of a, you know... A, well, a cosmic screw-up, hence the name of the title of this chapter. So this is the part I pointed at, uh, but I'll read the beginning of it because I'll read just a, yeah, it's just a little section of it. The way this book worked, and again, this is one of those things that just make this book impossible to publish in a traditional way, is that I had it done in, in multicolored inks, and Logan is in black. Aurora, uh, who's his friend from uh, childhood, who joins him on the quest, they meet serendipitously. She's in purple. And then this particular section is in green. And green kind of functions as the third person kind of omni omniscient uh, narrator, I guess you could say. Uh, because in this part, you know, Logan's not, he can't narrate anything. He's dead. He doesn't talk. It also functions as another character who's also told in the third person. And uh, so I think that was all the, 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 uh, the colors that I had. But Sometimes they'll flip-flop between each other um, in the course of the chapter, which I think you either kind of love it or you hate it. I, I got the idea from the never-ending story, which is told in two parts. Uh, there's a green part and then there's a red part. And the, the chapters that are of that character, like I believe the character of Bastion, if you've ever seen the never-ending story movies, he's the one that, that finds the, the never-ending story book and then you know, he enters the world of it. I think that's in red, if I recall, in the edition that I had. And then uh, Atreyu, who is in the, uh, the, 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 the boy in the book, he's in green. I, I believe he had green skin in the book. And I think they actually tried to do that for the movie, but it didn't, it didn't work out for, I think, a whole, whole host of reasons. Uh, namely, I, I, I imagine probably because they had to do some green screening and the green skin and the <laughs> probably would have just gone absolutely just not great, you know, for anybody who was editing it, but uh, that's sort of the premise of it. So this is a section that is in green text. It was actually a copy of the 13th hour that you can actually get. It's kind of expensive. Uh, and if you want one, just contact me and I can probably get it for you cheaper. However, it's, uh, it is on Amazon and it is full color. And printing, printing books in full color is, is quite expensive. Uh, the book, this book is, you know, over 300 pages. And so 
you know, obviously it's, you know, when you, when you do it through a publisher uh, in mass, they can kind of get the pri price down a little bit, but anything that's going to be in full color like that, it's going to be quite expensive. It is what it is, right? But um, anyway, deep within the reaches of the universe, beyond all known reality, in the land of dreams, one could hear voices chattering noisily in this usually tranquil dimension. Dreamweaver, I have discovered a disturbance in the cosmos. Yes, what is it? inquired the Dreamweaver to his assistant. A man was about to lose his life, and it wasn't destined to be yet. Hmm, this is really getting to be a regular thing these days, completely unacceptable. I'm sorry, Dreamweaver, we are working full-time to repair these disturbances. No, 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 I know you are. It's just that well, it looks damn sloppy on our part. I understand, sir. We think the problem started uh, 5,293.6 years ago when there was some, well, condition about the use of the uh, XP uh, 601.4 forms instead of uh, XP 601.5. Really? Are you serious? I don't even know what the hell those things are. But Dreamweaver, the XP 601.4 is a pre-birth application. They're very different from an XP 601.5 which is, well, pre-death. What? That doesn't make any sense. Who designed this portion of the dreamscape anyway? Well, you did, sir. What? I seriously don't believe I would have been so asinine to come up with such an error-prone, red-tape, cockamamie, banana republic government type of system as... The manual was placed in front of him. Hmm. Oh. Well, yes, I see I did. But I, this portion was ghostwritten. Anyway... 5,293.6 years ago is no time, there's no time at all. This issue been, has been going on for much longer than that. This can't be the only reason for this issue. Of course, Dreamweaver, we are continuing to investigate. Good man. So, what are we going to do about this poor chap? What did you say this man's name was? Well, the one who was here before, the one I believe you called Logan. Great Scott! Back to the future reference right there. The one who discovered the secrets to eternal life? I knew he'd be in trouble sooner or later. I knew it. He had a knack for tempting the fates. I should have known his future wouldn't go smoothly. Ah, this is a damned embarrassment. What the hell happened? He, he was dying and got himself a mortal wound. I see these humans and their love business makes one so impulsive. Dove in front of that magic bolt aimed at the female. That wasn't supposed to happen either. Is also a regular. Yes, yes, quite. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. So right before he was about to die... I transformed his body into a dream and whisked him away from Earth. I brought him here. All right, good work. Thank you, sir. Just doing my job. Oh, and sir, there was this small creature with him. The mole wasn't supposed to perish either, but it was to be killed in the blast. The Dreamweaver winced. But as with Logan, I transformed the mole into a dream and brought it here. Very good. I don't know what I would do without you. The Dreamweaver sensed Logan's presence. He turned to face the transparent form. There was a tiny shimmer next to Logan's presence. Oh, Logan, this wasn't supposed to happen at all. Now I can see you fine, but tell me. Please, can you hear me? There was a ripple through the molecular fabric of the transparent form that no one but the Dreamweaver could see. All right, then. Very good. The Dreamweaver, using a series of squeaks and grunts, articulated something that the mole in, the, in dream form must have understood because it also shimmered. Now, Logan, you are you are a dream, and so is your little pet. I must say, Logan, your track record with small woodland creatures as pets is not what I'd call the best. 
But I must say this time it wasn't your fault. Because believe me, this was not supposed to happen. According to what we have foreseen, you were destined to have a long and prosperous life. Yeah, I mean, that's what it says in your records anyway. Of course, destinies can change somewhat, but not this much. It's all highly irregular. It's a reference to the last Starfighter there. Some kind of cosmic screw-up, I'm afraid. It does happen from time to time, no need to worry, but as to why, why, yeah, you know, we still haven't figured that out yet. There are uh, bugs in the system that crop up from time to time. Might be a problem with the uh, XP601 forum set. Most uh, inconvenient. Uh, does that make any sense? Yeah, bother. Of course it doesn't. I don't even understand it. Can you forgive me? There was another ripple in the transparent form. The Dreamweaver then translated to the tiny shimmering form next to Logan then continued. Right. Well, see, the the strange thing is you weren't supposed to die when you fought Clax. You were destined to kill him, and that part of your destiny you did fulfill. Clax yeah, was the uh, was the sympathetic villain of this part of the, the, the novel. He, uh, he was never supposed to kill you. In fact, you weren't supposed to get injured at all, but luckily one of my assistants caught the error and brought you here in time. So technically, you're not dead, Logan. You're still alive. We just had to transform you into a dream to get you here. That process healed whatever wounds you might have had. Next, we re must return you to Earth where you can finish your life there. I'm terribly sorry about all this. I don't know what to say. It's all so highly irregular. It wasn't supposed to be this way at all. You forgive me? He asked again. Another ripple. Uh, sir, about the one called Aurora, started another of the invisible insistence. Good creator! There isn't something wrong with her destiny now, too, is there? I'm starting to feel like the, the village idiot here. This is all damned embarrassing. No, 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 sir. It's just it just we cast a healing spell over her. She's uh, she's asleep now. This way, she'll wake tomorrow morning healed of her wounds when Logan returns. Thank the creator. Very good. Oh, uh, and sir, never mind about the XP601 forms. I mean, that's still a problem, but it's not the one in question here. I'm happy to say the others, and, I've and I have located the error in Logan's destiny. It apparently got mixed up with that of a life form from the sixth dimension. Just a case of cross wires, you could say. There was a leak in the molecular fabric between the sixth dimension and his. Pretty simple problem, actually. Without routine maintenance, would have caught the problem long ago. It would have prevented all of this. We're working right now to patch the molecular fabric between Logan's dimension and the sixth. Excellent. It's turning to the transparent form once again, the Dreamweaver continued to speak. I don't know what I would do without good help. So, you see, Logan, apparently, thanks to the diligence of my crew here, there's nothing to worry about. Tomorrow you'll go back to Earth in your human form, and by then, the terror between the dimensions should be fixed. You must stay a dream until then, since nothing can happen to you in this form. Your destiny is officially on hold until you, you return to Earth in your human form. But in the meantime, feel free to look around and eat at one of our fine restaurants. Oh, and I'll tell you what, at the stroke of the 13th hour, why don't you go down to Earth with the other dreams? Since Aurora's asleep, why don't you go into her mind just to let her know that you're okay? Take your little friend here. Would you like that? A transparent form rippled. So after that, it goes to Aurora's point of view, and it it shows what happens when he comes, Logan comes back. So that's uh, that's almost at the end of chapter 23. And that's that section of the 13th hour where Logan becomes a dream and uh, he, uh, 
he goes to visit uh, in the next section he goes to visit Aurora and and after that they travel back to uh, after they finish their quest so there's a probably about a I don't know a fifth of the book left after that um, one of the things that I wanted to do after this this the the quest of this book finished I wanted to show how they actually came back and what happened next uh, because often movies uh, and many books gloss over all that kind of stuff like that. And uh, the return journey is sometimes uh, just as interesting. There, there, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that, uh, that is there that kind of sets up the stories afterwards. So I think one of the things in when I was writing this book, I wanted to tell a story a story that had been brewing in my head for a long, for quite a while, but it wasn't so much a story. It was really a story about characters and the character of Logan, the character of Aurora, they became sort of like people to me and they still are in, in many ways. And it took quite a while to kind of actually get to know them as, as characters to, to figure out what they would do and say in various uh, points. I, the initial draft of this book is quite a bit different in some ways. It's it's a more of a skeleton. The one I wrote when I was about 18, it's a lot shorter, uh, but in many ways it's a lot less developed, which is not surprising. There's a lot, a lot of development that uh, went into the book that happened in subsequent years, and I'm glad that I didn't try to do anything with it when I was 18 because in the intervening years, so 18 to... I don't know, 2014, I think. I added quite a bit to that. So, so 1998 to 2014, I added a fair amount, just here and there. Uh, when I would get the chance, when I would, an idea would would come up and it would strike my fancy, or I would say, "It's like you know, that's something." The way that went, you know, it just sort of hit me. You know, that that's not something sort of Logan would do. Uh, or Aurora, that's not something she would say or whatever. So uh, it, I would just go back and edit it a little bit to make it more internally consistent so that the characters felt real. Because they, they I don't say that they were real. That sounds a little weird. But uh, I mean, they were sort of real to me and how I envisioned them. And um, I'm sure there's fantasy books that do that. But that was what I wanted to uh, to do with this with this particular story. And so I guess it's a you could say it's a fantasy-driven or a, a character-driven fantasy story, and in, in that sense, I think it it shares a lot with the movies that it was inspired by. You know, teen movies from the '80s and movies like you know, The Last Starfighter and The Neverending Story and The Rocketeer and ones like that, because they're sort of like self-contained sort of things where you get a little glimpse of the character, and it's really the, those those particular characters that at least for me, I was kind of made, made the story. There were people like when you finished the movie, I remember I was feeling like oh, a little bit sad that there isn't someone kind of like that, or there, that, that, that isn't a real person in, in actuality. It only really exists in this world of the movie. And I remember, uh, always being a bit sad by that. So that's what I wanted to do with this book. If you like it, you can find it. Uh, you can find it in places like Amazon. And if you want a copy, but you can't, you can always email me, find me on social media, uh, Instagram, and places like Twitter. It's all in the show notes. 
and uh, I can direct you to where to find a copy. If you want, some people want autographed copies. I've had a, you know, usually when I've gone, to, I haven't done a showing in a number of years, but they often want the book signed. And if you do want the book signed, again, you can let me know. I thought about doing this. I thought about, I, there actually are some books on Etsy, I think, some listings on Etsy where you can get the book and a few other things with it. There's some toys and things like that that go along with the book. And then if you want it, uh, I usually sign, there's a, there's a little epilogue. What do I do? Yeah, it's like an afterword where I usually sign the, the, that, that part. So I can, certainly, I can certainly do that. Thank you, as always, for listening. Next week, uh, my brother is back. We're going to be talking about a 2018 movie, and it's a reworking of Robin Hood. And I think it's a, it's a good time. So stay tuned, and I'll talk to you in the future. Hey, a couple last minute things before you go. Thanks for listening to this show. If you liked it, you can find many more on the website 13thhr.wordpress.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. You can often find behind the scenes information about this show and other things that I do on social media, such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You'll see links to those in the show notes. Sometimes people will ask me, how can I help contribute to the show or other things that, that I do? And probably one of the easiest ways is by going over to Facebook and looking up the Facebook group called 13th Hour Arts. And it's a place for not only to discuss these kinds of things, but also for you to share your own creative process and the things that you're doing that bring meaning to your life. You can also do things that are entirely free, such as leaving a review for a book, music, this particular podcast, share it with friends, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, email me, W-R-I-T-E-J-O-S-H-U-A-B-L-U-M at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions and comments. You can also leave a one-time donation over at Coffee, and that's ko-fi slash 13thhr. It's basically like a virtual tip jar, kind of like the sort of thing like a piano player might have at a bar or something like that. For a small amount, you can also leave a donation on a monthly basis at Patreon, and that helps bring new things to this particular show and to support future projects. And that's at 13th Hour Arts. It's also a place for patrons to share their own creative process and the things that bring inspiration and meaning to them. I hope by sharing a little bit of the creative process in this particular show, it gets people to cultivate that aspect of their own life and to remember that those things are important even if you are an adult and you may not have time for it. Hopefully by paying attention to those aspects of your own life, you can remember your own dreams and aspirations and help create a world and make a world that you want to be in. And at the end of the day, that's sort of what the 13th hour is about. So thanks as always for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week.